Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Divine Truth Radio Show. My name is Pastor Paul Mullet, and I will be your host for the next 60 minutes. Today's message is one of power and greatness. Uh, today we are going to be discussing a prophetic legacy, promises and covenants. But I'd like to start off the show this afternoon by saying happy birthday to Mr. Adolf Hitler. Today is April 20th, and as such is his birthday. A great Christian man, a great patriot, and a great warrior when it came to fighting the venomous Jew that has been hell-bent on the destruction of the white Aryan Caucasian race. So, happy birthday to him. Now... As I said, we are going to be continuing a prophecy series. Uh, Today is a prophetic legacy, and this is more than likely going to be two shows, as was an end of an evil age. End of an evil age, uh, you can go to divine-truth.org and obtain that. Uh, I believe it's on the PDF section under the reading room, or it is now in booklet format because many people have been requesting it. So I have now produced that into a booklet format for you as well. Uh, One other note of interest is I have also completed a new booklet called Clean and Unclean Meats of Scripture. Uh, This is one that is probably going to um, be very worth its time in reading because a lot of things are discussed in there that are either removed from the scriptures by the Judeo-Christians and the theological society um, that they control, or it has been misinterpreted or mistranslated. Um, So hopefully many people will find that of great interest. But that is clean and unclean meats of the Holy Scripture. Uh, You can contact me via the divine-truth.org website. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being here this afternoon. Thank you, Mr. Hitchcock, for a wonderful show that you just done. And I, without further ado, I will try to be in the chat room today uh, while I'm doing this to see if there's anything going on. But I know that Pastor Steve uh, is more than likely going to be in there and will be able to assist with the answering of any questions or comments or concerns that you might have. 
Uh, he can also get uh, a hold of me through Skype as well while we are doing the show. So, a prophetic legacy, promises and covenants. Prophecy begins with a single promise that Yahweh made in the Garden of Eden. He did not make a prophecy prior to this because those that were here, all the races, including the the white race or the Adamites who did not uh, or had not the breath of life, um, so they had uh, never com- uh, complied with nor wished to obtain a connection with their creator or Yahweh. Immediately after that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, Revelation 12:9, had lured Adam and Eve into committing their first sin. Yahweh stated to Satan, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15. Now, Genesis 3.15 is a verse that a lot of dual seed line Christian identity people uh, use, and uh, Pastor Eli James and myself are working on a uh, show, um, which we will let you know about uh, well in advance, um, in reference to Genesis 3.15 and a, a particular book by a particular author who does not need to be named right now. Uh, so make sure that you look out for that. Prophecy. The promise that Yahweh would rectify the problem of deception and sin brought onto us by Satan. Now, <coughs> excuse me. He promised that from Eve, the first person to be deceived would come a seed or a descendant who would bruise Satan's position of rulership, or his head, over the Aryan race by which he, Satan, deceives the world. Yahweh revealed to us that the seed of Satan, the people under his influence, including the Jews, would be hostile toward the seed, the race of Adam, those who had received the breath of life, Yahweh had promised through the woman. Satan would succeed in temporarily disabling, much like a bruise, the seed promised by uh, Yahweh. The life and work of that promised seed, the Aryan race, the race of Adam, were indeed interrupted just as Yahweh had foretold by the spawn of Satan and the Jews for the three days and three nights with the crucifixion and the murder of Yahshua the Messiah, Matthew 12.20. Upon the first foundational promise, Yahweh would send a seed, the Son of Man, or the second Adam, as our Redeemer to defeat Satan. And stands a series of other promises Yahweh gave to his servants down through the ages. As a whole, these promises, each amplified and expanding the original promise from the basis of scriptural prophecy. Yahweh promised that, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families, the tribes of Israel, of the earth be blessed. Genesis 12:3. That blessing, as we know, came through Abraham's seed in Genesis 22, 18. 
It was centuries after Abraham that the Apostle Paul wrote, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, And to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. Galatians 3.16 Notice that this passage clearly states his seed and not seeds, meaning more than one, as the meaning more than one or a multitude of. This is a clear indication that it is to be the race of Adam who is the father of all earthly created Aryan peoples as Adam is a direct descendant of Adam. Genesis 2, 19 through 20. Not of the mongrel hordes created prior to him. Genesis 1, 27 through 28. To teach otherwise is wrong and is being taught by the children of Satan, the deceiver, Judeo-Christianity, the religion of false teachings and half truths. Adam, the natural physical of the Aryan race, not all of the races, responded to Satan's deception, deceptive influences through Eve and chose to trust his personal judgment rather than follow Yahweh's instructions. In contrast to Adam, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. James 2.23 and Genesis 15.6 Therefore Yahweh chose Abraham as the father of another family, a spiritually oriented family of true believers that would accept and obey the commands of Yahweh and as such his instructions. The family would be composed of Abraham's natural descendants through his son Isaac, Genesis 21:12. Later, a more important function of this family would begin through another descendant, Yahshua the Messiah, or the Promised One, in Galatians 3:29 and Romans 8:16 through 18. Through him, Abraham is, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all of them that believe, though they they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Romans 4.11 Finally, through the promise of Yahweh via the second coming of our Messiah to give these members of the spiritually awakened Aryan family members eternal life in his glorious kingdom. Along with the promise that a seed of Abraham would become the Messiah also came a promise of greatness for the descendants of Abraham. In other words... Yahweh's promises to Abraham were dual in meaning. They contained both the physical, the descendants of Abraham, and spiritual to the followers of the true Christian 
Christianity and to Yahshua the Messiah. Now, both of these are very integral to the success of Yahweh's master plan for the Aryan race. Yahweh stated to Abraham, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Genesis 17, 8. You can compare that with 12, 7 and 24, 7. <clears throat> Sorry. Now, as we know, this was just the beginning. Many nations would develop from Abraham or from Abram to Abraham. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram or exalted father, but thy name shall be Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Genesis 17:5. Abraham's family did in fact increase because of Yahweh's promise. He did, however, wait until Abraham and Sarah, his wife, were so old that they would not normally bear any children at all. Then, miraculously, by design now, mind you, Isaac was born. Eventually, all who are the direct lineage of Abraham's descendants had to be miraculously born. John 3 3 into the kingdom of Yahweh Isaac was a type a forerunner of things yet to come Romans 9 6 through 9 as we know Isaac fathered two sons Esau and Jacob Yahweh had chosen Jacob the younger one to receive the physical promises he granted to Abraham. Yahweh similarly chose those from amongst the race of Adam to be among the spiritually marked descendants of Abraham to receive the fulfillment of the eternal spiritual promise. Romans 9, 10 through 11. Yahweh as normal places conditions all those that he had chosen must first come to understand his revealed divine truth then they must repent of their sins 1st Timothy 2 3 through 4 and 2nd Peter 3 9 Yahweh changed the name of Jacob to Israel Genesis 32:28 And from his 12 sons sprang forth the 12 tribes of Israel which Yahweh delivered from their Egyptian bondage under the leadership of Moshe or Moses Yahweh granted them the land of Canaan just as he had promised Abraham Later in the days of Saul and David he established the Israelites as a kingdom bringing them together.
Yahweh did not limit his promise of greatness for the descendants of Abraham to the territory he allotted to the ancient kingdom of Israel and the land of Canaan. Yahweh promised that Abraham would be, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Genesis 18.18 Emphasis on surely become a great and mighty nation nation. Paul also tells us that for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans 4.13. Yahweh then confirmed his ultimate expansion of Abraham's inheritance to Abraham's grandson Jacob and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis 28, 13 through 14. Now, Eventually, this continual expansion in all directions would embrace the whole of the world. He grafted all of his children into Abraham's family. That's all of his children. That's the Israelites, the Adamic, the race of Adam, the Adamites. So as you know, those that are of the Caucasian race who had not the breath of life in them. Through Yahshua the Messiah and only through him can both the physical and spiritual Israelites and the non-Israelite nations, Gentiles, those of the white race that had not yet accepted Yahweh, may receive the promises made to Abraham. Paul explains it like this. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand, that at that time we were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ Ephesians 2 11 through 13 any Caucasian or Aryan who is not a natural born descendant of Abraham can nevertheless become an heir to the inheritance promised to Abraham's family. Regardless of their lineage, all heterosexual Aryans can be a part of the spiritual Israel 
of Yahweh, but only through Yeshua the Messiah, Galatians 6, 15 through 16, and have not been tainted by any form of anti-white behavior. To be a partaker of those promises, they must be grafted into the family of Israel. And by this point, you cannot have done anything that goes against the laws of Yahweh in reference to race mixing or homosexual activities or any other degenerate activities. Now we know that definitely leaves the Jews out, folks, just to throw that in there. The Apostle Paul compares this grafting to a wild olive onto a domesticated olive tree. And if some of the branches be broken off, or Israel being cut off for disobedience, that adage there is mine, and thou being a wild olive tree, work graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Romans eleven seventeen through 18. Then Paul also warns the Gentiles that have been grafted by Yahweh to Israel not to feel superior to the Israelites who have not yet accepted Yeshua the Messiah as their personal Savior. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Romans eleven nineteen through 21 Extending the promises from Abraham's physical descendants to the racial spiritual believers began after Yeshua the Messiah's death and subsequent resurrection. It was the Jews that rejected him and refused to accept him as the Messiah. It was the Jewish influence that created the crucifixion. Matthew 21, 42 through 43 and Luke 17.25. So the message of Yahshua was extended to the Gentiles, the white nations, soon after. Many of the Gentiles, white nations, became part of the Israel of God, the church. Galatians 6.15-16. Abraham's physical descendants are not permanently are not permanently alienated from Yahweh they can be reconciled and redeemed to him the apostle Paul explains the role they play in Yahweh's plan who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever Amen 
Romans four through five or Romans nine four through five. Paul continues, I say then, hath God cast away his Israelite people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Wot ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercisions to God against Israel, saying, Romans 11, 1 through 2. Paul then addresses the Israelites' present spiritual blindness. What then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. Romans 11, 7 through 8. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall salvation is come unto the Gentiles, the white nations, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now with the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Romans 11, 11 through 12. Did you grasp there the uh, significance of Paul's words? You see, most descendants of Israel would continue to reject Yahshua as the Messiah. But Yahweh has not rejected them. They will be included in the redemption process if they have accepted Yahshua the Messiah as their Lord and Savior. Understanding this truth is essential if we are to understand scriptural prophecies pertaining to the people of Israel. True Israel, that is. At the end of the present age of evil we live in. Admittance into the internal inheritance promised to Abraham is possible only through the Messiah. And if ye be Christ's, then be ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3.29 Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Romans 4, 16. We have noted that there is a duality in Yahweh's promise to Abraham. Although some of these aspects of the promise relate to an eternal inheritance through the Messiah, others concern a, natu- a national and materialistic inheritance. 
The fulfillment of these promises was passed on to both Isaac and then to Jacob, whom Yahweh changed his name to Israel. Shortly before Jacob's death, Yahweh inspired him to reveal to his twelve sons the manner in which the physical heritage of Abraham would affect the generations of Israel. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Genesis 49.1 Jacob explained what was going to occur to each of his twelve sons, the twelve tribes of Israel. Excuse me for just one moment. had to get a drink there sorry the core promises that Yahweh made to Abraham were to be passed on only to Joseph and Judah to each of them came a different promise a separate heritage the Holy Scriptures summarize for Judah prevailed above his brethren and of him came the chief ruler but the birthright was Joseph's. First Chronicles 5.2 It was because of this birthright promise that Joseph's descendants would enjoy an inconceivable prosperity, possessing the finest of the material blessing, and would achieve a great military superiority because the hand of Yahweh would be with them thus guiding their every deed. They would increase greatly, colonizing far beyond their borders, much like branches of a tree growing over a stone wall. Genesis 49, 22-26 It was to Judah and his descendants that went the scepter the staff held by a king as the emblem of his reign. It signified that from Judah would come a great dynasty of kings that would culminate with the reign of the Messiah. Jacob explained that the scepter should not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of the people be Genesis 49:10 The promises to Abraham concerning rulership salvation and the Messiah would be fulfilled through the Aryan peoples the descendants of Judah the descendants of the twelve tribes. Yahshua himself stated, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Judeans. John 4, 22. That is the reason why he had to be born into an Israelite family as a physical descendant of Judah. Matthew 1.1 1, 1, 
through 6. Luke 3, 23 through 38. It was long after Abraham through King David of the tribe of Judah that the scepter promise finally took on an even greater significance. Yahweh had granted David the kingdom of Israel and had promised that from him would spring forth a dynasty of kings that would reign forever. Yahweh had sent to David the prophet Nathan with this message. Now therefore so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcoat, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentst, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more, as before time, and as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies. Also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house, and when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy father. I will set up thee and thy seed before thee, which shall proceed out of my bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men but my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul whom I put away before thee and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee thy throne shall be established forever Second Samuel seven eight through sixteen. One thing that I want to say here, and I hope that everybody caught it, this is notice how it says Israel and not the Jews. Yahweh did indeed establish a great dynasty of kings through the lineage of David. Yahweh promised that an even greater king would come from David's descendants, his seed line. He sent an angel to Miriam, who told her, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Yahshua. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God 
shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no need. The kingdom over which our Lord and Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, will rule is an everlasting one. He will establish that kingdom when he returns to earth. Understanding that truth is of the primary importance if we are to comprehend the message of the prophets who followed David. At the time of David's death, his kingdom was passed to his son Solomon. Yahweh gave Solomon great wisdom and wealth. But in his old age, he allowed his many foreign wives and concubines to turn his heart away from Yahweh. 1 King 11, 8, 1-8 The kingdom subsequently lapsed into a worship of false pagan gods. It was shortly after the death of Solomon that Yahweh divided the kingdom of Israel, which he gave to David, into two separate nations. It was the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and a small portion of Levi that remained loyal to Solomon's son, Rehoboam, preserving David's dynasty. This much smaller kingdom was known as Judah or the house of Judah and it retained Jerusalem as its capital. The other ten tribes seceded and retained the name of Israel, eventually establishing Samaria and the territory of Ephraim as its capital. It was this Israelite kingdom that was later conquered and taken into captivity by the Assyrians. Subsequently, they became known as the Lost Ten Tribes of Israel. The division of the kingdom separated the scepter promise from the birthright promise. Judah retained the scepter and David Judah retained the scepter and the throne of David. <clears throat> the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the direct descendants of Joseph, dominated the northern kingdom and retained the birthright. The birthright and scepter promises then followed separate paths until the kingdom of Judah was toppled by the Babylonian Empire and the Jewish throne the false throne was transferred back to true Israel and a distant land. Ultimately, the house of Israel and the true house of Judah, not to be mistaken from the heretic Jews of Judah, will one day be reunited as one nation under the rule of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah.
to get a better understanding of these promises and the vital role they play in the fulfillment of scriptural prophecy, go to divine-truth.org and order a copy of Two Nations Change the World. The restoration of true Israel as one nation ruled by Yahshua the Messiah is a theme that appears within the writings of the prophetic books of the Holy Scripture. That reunion will occur abruptly after Yeshua the Messiah's return as King of Kings. Yahweh, through Ezekiel, confirms that Israel and true Judah, those of non-Jewish blood, will be reunited as one people. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among me, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Ezekiel 37, 21 through 25. Yahweh promised David that his kingdom would last forever. When the world sees these two divisions reunited, under the glorious rule of the Messiah, it will know that Yahweh does, in fact, stay true to his promises. Yahweh continues, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ezekiel 37, 26 through 27. Yahweh confirmed many of his promises to true Israel with special covenants starting with Abraham. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the rivers 
of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Genesis 15, 18. Later, the Israelites bound themselves and their seed line to Yahweh as his special servants. Yahweh told them, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Exodus 19, 5 through 6. They responded, and all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Exodus 19.8 This agreement for all intents and purposes was a marriage, be, marriage covenant between Yahweh and the people of Israel. Jeremiah 3.20, 31, 32. There should be no mistake in whom Yahweh's people are. The above verses clearly state Israel and has nothing to do with nor speaks of the Jews. Every scriptural prophet from the time of Moses onward used the same covenant as a standard for evaluation and judging of the behavior of Yahweh's chosen people. Each judged the Israelites by whether they were being faithful to their covenant with Yahweh. His covenants all had the same purpose. They defined the relationship parameters between him and the recipients of his covenants. They explained that it is he, he requires of his people, true Israel, if they are to continue to receive his blessings or the benefits of his promises. They set forth the obligations his people, once again, true Israel, must meet to continue receiving his favor or grace. You see, a covenant is a pact between the people of true Israel and Yahweh. Those who break that covenant lose the favor of Yahweh or his blessing and his grace. The degree to which Yahweh grants his people true Israel favor is based solely upon the compliance with his covenants. The covenant that Yahweh made with true Israel of ancient times is significant in Holy Scripture prophecy. It documents its perfect in perfect detail the conditions true Israel had to meet to stay in the favor of Yahweh. Although the Ten Commandments summarized Israel's obligation to Yahweh, the people were still obligated to obey all of his instructions. Yahweh promised, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. 
all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 2. Within the next 12 verses, Yahweh listed the marvelous blessings that would be bestowed upon Israel in the form of physical blessings. But the agreement did not end there. Yahweh also spelled out the consequences that would befall the true Israelites if they rejected the conditions of his covenant. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto my voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Deuteronomy 28:15. Yahweh's promises and covenants, especially the promise of blessing for their obedience and curses, for their disobedience, that are included in his covenant with true Israel, provide the foundation for scriptural prophecy. In my next sermon, we will take a look at specific work and messages of Yahweh's prophets. Men such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. So let's learn why they committed their prophecies to writing. Few people understand the importance of their prophecies to a blinded world. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.